Hey folks, thanks for tuning in again, or for the first time, to my silly little podcast, A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, where I ferret through my vinyl collection of about 500 records and my tiny brain of about 500 remaining brain cells and take a lighthearted, positive, fanboys look at my favourite songs and bits of songs and artists that fall within a different, pointless, set theme every episode, and I sometimes highlight some rock and roll bed shits just for some fun. It's really just an attempt to archive some stories, old YouTube interviews, and some great songs for like-minded rock music fans. Choosing from any song part or artist that has given me joy as a listener or a slight Norwegian wood as a musician. It's not a countdown, but I will leave my favourite choice for last. This is just a bit of laid-back, unnecessary fun that hopefully inspires someone to support a musician by buying some music or some merch, or listen to an old favourite album, and check out all this amazing shit that I adore, which has formed the soundtrack of my life. As a lot of people do like to share their opinions these days, please let me know if you think if I have missed anything in my record collection that I know and that I like by sending me an email at thisisnotarealemailaddress at gofeckyegoodself.cockgoblin.com. That's cock spelt with two Ks, and I'll get back to you as soon as I give a shit. But seriously, if you do want to say hi, you can hit me up and follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast or via the website a rock and roll rabbit hole.com that's com spelt with a c the website also has spotify playlist of all of the songs used in each episode past episodes as well and some other golden magic and i also have some small playlists of the great lesser known artists that i like to highlight at the end of each episode on the victims tab of the website Please rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. If you are digging it, that's super helpful and genuinely appreciated. Thanks again. Apologies in advance, and here goes. There's 11 Nirvana hellos for you, and welcome back to part two of Triple Up, where I've searched the dark, echoey chambers of my brain to find songs that repeat a single word three or more times. And just reiterating the rules, it can't be a phrase or two words like this. to be like these nuggets we included in last week's part one of Triple Up.
Started part one with four Ys from Oasis in Champagne Supernova, and here's six Ys from Del Shannon, Runaway. mourning the loss of one of its stars. Del Shannon was found dead last night at his home in California. Police believe he shot himself in the head. In 1961, Del Shannon topped the charts with his first and biggest hit, Runaway. His fellow singers of that era say he'll never be forgotten. Apologies for the grim start, but hey, here's some famous haze. fun but yes i did have an undercurrent feeling of oh 
aren't we talking about danger here? Because we were worried about Freddie at this point. And um, I think that feeling lingers, but it's become, I'd say, almost the most successful Queen track as, as regards what people play in their car or um, or play at their weddings or whatever. You know, it's, it's become a massive, massive track. It's a sort of anthem to, to people who, who want to just be hedonistic. And um, yeah, I, I have to say, kind of a stroke of genius from Freddie. While we're with Freddie... Here's five different flavoured liars from Liar. Part one, we heard Amy Winehouse singing No, spelt both ways, and Go, and here's some more Goes. Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side has three Goes in it. Apollo, you should have seen him go, go, go. They said, hey, sugar, take a walk on the wild side. I said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. All right. Rage Against the Machines, Know Your Enemy has three more aggressive Goes. Twisted Sisters I Wanna Rock is a multiple offender, but it definitely has some goes in there. Arguably, rock and roll's most famous three goes are at the start of this chorus. Johnny Be Good was written by Chuck Berry in 1955 and released as a single in 1958, and it's one of the most famous rock and roll songs ever. The words country boy were originally coloured boy in the song, but Chuck changed them out for the single. The intro riff was actually lifted from a song from 1946. The song was by Lewis Johnson and it was called Ain't That Just Like a Woman? And you can check out the intro here. And here's Chuck's Johnny Be Good. Chuck Berry covered Ain't That Just Like a Woman and changed the intro riff a little bit. Well, I was all out of happy as a man could be To leave practicing out from that untouchable tree 
While we're on that riff, here's Fun, Fun, Fun by the Beach Boys. High School by the Ramones also has triple fun in it and another triple, but we'll get to that later. So Johnny Be Good has three goes in it, as we've just discussed, and Be Good Johnny by Men at Work has three very Aussie nuts in it. I'm going to play football with you, John. Nah. Oh, you must be going to play cricket this year then, are you, John? Well, you sure are a funny kid, Jimmy. But I like you. So tell me, what kind of boy are you, John? I only like dreaming all the day long. When no one is screaming. Uh, Greg Ham and I were, uh, we were rehearsing. We either had arrived before everybody else or they went off to get something to eat and we didn't. I can't quite remember which one it was. I have a feeling we might have just got there earlier than everybody else. And so we were sitting around and um, I think I might have gotten a, a new uh, delay pedal when I just played that figure, um, Bigger Johnny. That's uh, When you have the, when I had my delay pedal on, I think it's like around 295 or 300 milliseconds. Um, you got this really lovely delay, so that's just where the intro came from. And just started going. Oh, he started playing that, that figure as well on the keyboards. And it just seemed like a... A nice way to start. So that's how we started the song. And then we just both thought, oh, it'd be nice to, there's something very childlike about, there always was something very childlike about Greg. He used to work with children <coughs> in a theater group. And there was something very childlike about him himself. Um, so we just thought we'd write the song from the standpoint of a nine-year-old boy who's just uh, got, you know, weird, weird in-laws and, you know, Uncles and <laughs> so um skip to skip up the road up to school you go Don't be a bad boy Jimmy Don't you slip up play the flute 
be your golden boy I will obey every golden rule You're told by the teachers Not to daydream told by my mother enough of that. So that's Johnny Be Good and Be Good Johnny, both with triple repeated words in them. My favourite song by The Darkness, Giving Up, has a triple nag in it. Chorus of the darkness is giving up has seven O's in a row. And here's a triple again where there's usually a double again. Justin Hawkins writes again. Here's some Saturday night related triples from Alton John and Skid Row. There's a man there you know He's the host of the show And you'll find that he fucking hates choirs Oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs>
<laughs> what song are you going to do for us acoustically? I can't wait for this. Tonight, tonight. Uh, one of my favorite for, songs. I say, you requested this, so. I did. I love this song. I would, I, and I'm going to say this right now. I would not do this for anybody. Well, I am blessed that you will do this. I, I am I'm just such a fan of yours. When you wrote this song, is there any particular memory of writing it, That that uh, how this comes to you? Um, the song actually took a little while to write. It was, in a, it was actually in originally in a different key. I think it was instead of like this part, it was kind of like. And we, I kind of have a, like some kind of demo of it from maybe 94, but no lyrics, anything. Um, How's it work for you? Do you obviously you get the music first, so you don't have any lyrics. So you just right. go, you go, okay, I hear this chord progression in my head. I honestly, I don't have a lot of memory of writing this song. Right. I kind of I remember what I was thinking, which was that, for example, the song pays a little bit of homage to Cheap Trick. I love Cheap Trick. One of the great rock and roll bands. And Cheap Trick occasionally would have this kind of dark, optimistic thing, you know, like they'd sing about something that seemed kind of bright, but inside was kind of dark. Like Daddy's All Right. Yeah. Mommy's All Right, but they just sing or a little. Heaven Tonight is an example. So right. I think I was kind of thinking a little bit of that kind of Cheap Trick vibe where it's like, it's it's on the surface, it seems kind of like hopeful and stuff and idealistic, but if you kind of dig into the lyric a little bit. It's got some darkness in it. Yeah, because you think about it, like it does sound hopeful, this song. Yeah. But I do get depressed, which is cool that, that when I hear it. When we had the song, I mean, I, I thought it was a good song, but I, I mean, I never would have guessed it turned out to be what it's become. I mean, it's become basically a classic in, in a way that's almost probably more important than any other song I've ever written. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a say. generational marker or something. You know, it reminds people of times and, and that's a good feeling. I'm, I never would have guessed that when I wrote it for sure. I'd love to hear you do it. Here's the great Billy Corgan doing one of his classics. Nights from Motley Crue from We Need a Lover Tonight. Tonight, tonight, tonight. We need a lover tonight. 
we heard the triple funds from Rock and Roll High School by the Ramones. That song also has multiple rocks in it. Raise Your Hand to Rock by Motley Crue is also a multiple rock mention. heard a little bit of Twisted Sisters I Wanna Rock earlier for its six goes in a row, but it also is a multiple rock mention. And the first quote-unquote rock and roll song that went to number one in both America and England, and Australia too, in 1957, was the triple rock mentioning Rock Around the Clock. Another song with a guitar solo that I absolutely love. Last violation in Twisted Sisters I Wanna Rock is six no's in a row. Or is it seven? And I know we heard a lot of no's last week, but I've still got a few no's to go. And while we're in Trouserland, here's a few no's from Still of the Night by White Snake. Acoustic version of Guns N' Roses' You're Crazy from Guns N' Roses' Lies has more no's than a man can count. And to finish up our no's, a small victory from Faith No More's amazing album Angel Dust is a triple no mentioner. And I don't think woo is a word, but it does that three times as well.
way too many years last episode, but you can't have no's without years, and here's a few more years. Uh, this is uh, this is a little story. Uh, I'm, uh, I'd like to call the curse. The song "Alive," which was on our first record, and uh, and was the uh, first song we ever wrote as a group, and a, and a song that we played hundreds of times live. Uh, it's really uh, it's been transformed through the years, and, uh, and it's not so much how we play it or the arrangement, but more the uh, interpretation. So the original story being told in the song is that of a young man uh, being made aware of some, some shocking truths. And uh, one was that the guy he believed to be his father while growing up was not. And uh, hard truth number two was that the real father had passed away a few years before. Uh, now as if adolescence wasn't tough enough. Uh, so when the mom relays this information of the real father's death to it leaves the kid who is not terribly stable at that point in his development uh, plenty confused. And uh, I know this because I knew the guy. Not well, but, but I, I knew him. I mean, the guy was me, but, but I barely knew me then. There was a... To be honest, I, I was barely there to be known. Um, and so, so he takes all this news as, as a curse. You know, fine, you tell me these secrets I'm supposed to forgive, uh, but I've got to figure a way, you know, to live with this. And, and fine, the dad's dead, but, but I'm still alive, and, and I've got to deal with this. Uh, so it was a curse, you know, I'm still alive. So cut to years later, and we're playing to larger and larger, uh, larger and, and larger audiences, and uh, and they're responding to this chorus in, in a way that uh, y you never thought. And uh, you know, folks are jumping down in the aisles and uh, using their bodies to express themselves and uh, belting it out. You know, singing along. You know, I'm still alive. You know, in mass. You know, so. Every night when I'd look out on this sea of people reacting in their own positive interpretation, it, it was really incredible. Um, the audience changed the meaning of these words. And uh, when, when they sing, I'm still alive, you know, it's, it's like they're celebrating. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. When they changed the meaning of those words, they lifted the curse. Oh, my Lord, it is 13. The real 
chucked the first verse in there just so the story made a bit more sense, but we're here for business, and here's the four years. ACDC's Thunderstruck has three days, and then three of our favourite years. What could be the last of the years is this classic. I wanted something that uh, had a, a little lick from the beginning, and I just hit that. Uh... That's all I had, see? I did that for a week. <laughs> and then finally I'd hit the And then I go, well, now what? You know? And I'd be like, all week. <laughs> you eat dinner, you come back, sit down, pick up the guitar. People start banging on the wall. Don't play that anymore! Finish our years, Tom Petty gives us eight in a row in the waiting. Whoops, Arctic Monkeys, Fake Tales of San Francisco has five years in it as well, and then we're done. I said I was done with the yes, but I found a quadruple yes, as well as a quadruple sing in Paul Kelly's Look So Fine, Feels So Low. Yeah. 
guitar by Cake has a triple fall in it. tonight here we remember a beloved singer and songwriter Fleetwood Mac's Christine McPhee. Fleetwood Mac provided the soundtrack for a generation. Christine McPhee was their most prolific songwriter. She wrote so many hits including Don't Stop. Born in 
England in 1943, the daughter of a music teacher. In 1970, she joined Fleetwood Mac after marrying its bass guitarist, John McVie. The band would sell more than 100 million records. McVie, part of five gold, one platinum, and seven multi-platinum albums. In 1977, their biggest album, Rumors. Some of the songs, the lyrics, famously about the band's internal struggles. There was Dreams. Two of the couples, including Christine and John McPhee, would separate. And Christine would write, go your own way. Some research, you wanker. Lindsay Buckingham wrote, go your own way. You make love and fun. Tonight, Christine McVie's family writing, she passed away peacefully at the hospital this morning in the company of her family, asking for everyone to keep Christine in their hearts and to remember the life of an incredible human being and revered musician who was loved. And tonight, Stevie Nicks posting this photo of the two together and a handwritten note ending with, see you on the other side, my love. Don't forget me. Always, Stevie. Here's five ridiculously famous follows, followed by six ridiculously famous becauses. And here's Al Green and then Guns N' Roses with some Mize. A single grain of sand, yeah. You see, I can make a ship sail uh, on dry land, children, yeah. On a happy mind with all the powers that I possess, yeah. Yeah, you're the key to my happiness, and I can't get next to you, baby. Ooh, Here's a super wild Al Green story where he drops a quadruple. No, 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 no. She loved me, you see, and she had a problem. You know, I find out after the incident happened that she was married, had three kids. I didn't know none of these things. I asked her, you know, before when I first met her, say, are you married? She says, no, 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 no. So she told her friend, Barbara, and you better not tell her. So Barbara says, well, you know, I'm not going to tell him, but you're going to have to tell him sooner or later. I never knew any of these things until after the incident happened. She says, well, I love you. 
and I don't want to, you know, to go on without you and to be involved in anything else doesn't mean anything to me. I says, well, please don't take that much of a do or die attitude about things. I said, man, you know, there's life to live. I didn't know it was that serious, see? You know, because I didn't, you know, I told her that it was life to live. We just put out this song called Sha La La, Make Me Happy, you know, and you're free, I'm free, boom. You know, no problem. So, you know, after the session, we went to the house, you know, and I'm in the, you know, fixing coffee, da da da, you know, da da da. So she asked me if I would marry her. I says, Oh no, I don't think I'm ready to get married. This is 1974. I mean, I've just been in this two or three years. You know, she said, Well, I sure love you. I said, Well, okay, well then, let's think on it a while, would you? You know, and, um, you know, I went to the, you know, and there was more people in the house other than us, you know, you know. And so I went to my section. I have a kind of like an apartment in the house, and I closed the door, you know. And, you know, and afterwards and all the other stuff, you know, uh, and I went downstairs. I said, why are you boiling water? She said, mm, you know. So I said, so I went back, you know, up, and I left the door open that time. And she came back up. I seen this whole pot of water, and all of a sudden, I'm full of it, you know? And I had all this little thin, you know, uh, kind of a thin rope, see, like I'm fixing to get ready to dethorn and go to bed, right? So, boom, man, I'm in total pain and shock, you know? Burn. Yeah. Wasn't it grits? Yeah, well, you see, you mix this stuff in and make it kind of slimy thick, you know? And I'm saying, like, what is this, you know? And all of a sudden, I'm full of it. You know, so this is so much pain, man. And I reached back, man, and I got a, two fingers full of skin. I went over uh, after being full of grits and jumped in the shower because I'm ate all over. And I called this girl from next door uh, over to help me because I'm in total, you know, and man, I've got these big boils on my skin, and like, man, I'm telling you, I'm in total pain. I can't believe the pain. All of a sudden, you hear, then that was the end of that. You hear something hit the floor, boom, and that was the end of that. I said, what's that noise? She said, sound like gunshots. I said, no, this can't be that. Come on, this is ridiculous. This thing is going crazy. I go over here, boom, here this lady is lying in the floor, here this pistol is in her hand. I'm saying, oh my God, what in the world? Call the police. She said, but, but this is crazy. I said, call the police. I don't, I, hey, just call the police. So I called my brother Bill, and he picked up Cheryl Hodges, and we called the sheriff's department. That's all, you know, I said, hey, man, this is, just get me to the hospital. I says, I am hurting, see? And by then, man, I had big boils all over my back, man. I said, man, this is crazy, man. I can't understand any of this. So I went to the hospital, and I stayed at the hospital, and they dealt with all of that. My, 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 my. 
About six years ago, I hitchhiked the country, and on part of that trip, I ended up in, just kind of stranded in the in the Bronx, in the jungle of New York, and this uh, old black man came up to me and my friend who were backpacking, and we had, like, no money, just enough for a couple Cokes, and we're sitting there on the side of the freeway up on the bridge, and this black guy comes, you know where you are? You're going to die. You're in the jungle, baby. There's a man there you know He's the host of the show And you'll find that he also hates saxophones enough of that i forgot i had that segment i don't hate saxophones but i did fucking hate that and here's some monies and desires To also have 11 o'clock TikTok off my favourite live album Under a Blood Red Sky has three calls in a row. words a beep bop and baby Discovers that you had a day. It 
Stones was released on the 15th of April 1966. The band didn't play it live until June 2022. Fucking fun fact. And while we're on the Rolling Stones, here's Keith Richards mumbling about one of our earlier offenders, Chuck Berry. You talk about your influences. I know Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry's a big influence on you, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Chuck was a major influence. So not yeah. just guitar playing, but songwriting. Yeah. Everything, yeah. You know, I mean, let's give it a hand. Yeah, I think I read in the book you said that when you heard Chuck Berry, you, 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 the sound was so good, you, like, ate Chuck Berry. Yeah. yeah. It, like, fed I, you. I put cream on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, a little mustard on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah down a little Chuck Berry. Uh, but then I, heard, then I also heard the story, I don't know if this is true or not. Did he, did he punch you in the face once? Yes, he did. He did, yeah. Uh, <laughs> With friends like that, yeah. Well, you I can't go wrong. You can't right? go wrong. Uh, why, would he, why would Chuck Berry punch Keith oh, Richards? I was back in a dressing room. He was doing a gig. Uh, he went off to collect the money, I think. And, That's uh, what it always is. He was a typewad. Bless you, Chuck. But, uh, he, he, and his guitar was laid out in his case, and I went, Oh, come on, Keith, you know, just a touch. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta play a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, just let me give it a, an E chord. Or, uh, <laughs> he walks in and goes, Nobody touches my guitar. Boom! Uh, that's one of Chuck's biggest hits, baby. <laughs> a bit of a disturbing stone story. Mandy Smith grew up in Tottenham in North London, a wild child who was only 13 when she first met the Rolling Stone Bill Wyman. Five years later, she became his bride. Theirs was an unlikely love affair. Few thought it would last. She was an 18-year-old. He was a 52-year-old rocker who boasted he'd slept with a 1,000 women. At the time, both were convinced they were doing the right thing. When we first met each other, actually, it went like years ago, we wanted to get married, but obviously we couldn't. The things work out in the end if they're right, and we always thought it was right at the beginning, and... Uh... Here we are. But it wasn't the right thing. Their marriage lasted only two years, and much of that was a sham, followed by a bitter divorce last May because of his adultery. Mandy Smith had demanded a settlement of £5 million, but today a High Court judge granted a fraction of that, just £580,000. It's described as an amicable settlement, but will hardly make a dent in Bill Wyman's vast fortune, estimated at £24 million. After the hearing, neither of them were available for comment, leaving a solicitor to outline the terms. Mandy Smith will receive a house valued at £250,000 and a lump sum of £130,000. She'll also get £200,000 towards her costs and expenses. This house in Crichton Avenue in Muswell Hill is part of the agreement. As the former model returned home tonight, she was still unwilling to talk about the settlement. The failed legal battle for a substantial chunk of Wyman's cash had closed an unhappy chapter in her life. Deborah Bain, The Thames News. Here's some famous religious triple-ups. I won't 
say anything because no one ever listens to me anyway. <laughs> Might as well be a Leonard Cohen record. Let me ask you about Hallelujah for a moment. Sure. Because it's been an interesting year for Hallelujah. If it, if it hadn't been a song that uh, Canadians and people around the world have been singing versions by Jeff Buckley, Rufus Wainwright, Katie Lang, it took on a whole new energy, a song that you wrote in 1984, this past Christmas, where it appeared number one and number two on the UK right. bestseller charts, and your version, these were cover versions, and your version was also in the top 40 from 1984. What did you make of that? Um, well, there was a certain sense of, well, I, I, I was happy that the song was, was um, being used. Uh, of course, there were certain ironic and amusing uh, sidebars you know, because the record that it came from, which was called Various Positions, that record Sony didn't put, wouldn't put out. They didn't think it was good enough. It had songs like Dance Me the End of Love, Hallelujah, If It Be Your Will, but it wasn't considered good enough for the American market. It, was, it wasn't put out. So there was a certain sense of, a mild sense of revenge that arose in my heart, but uh, uh, I don't, I, you know, I, 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 was, I was happy about it, but it's, I, I was just reading a review of uh, a movie called Watchmen that uses it, and the reviewer said, can we please have a moratorium on Hallelujah, you know, in, in movies and television shows, <laughs> you know, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> I was going to say, to which you placed a stern phone call and said, no, let's keep it going. But it's an interesting, uh, the, the song kind of transcends musical genres. It's not a, it's not a typical pop song, uh, but it doesn't, not only does it not seem to go away, it seems to grow in its popularity with each year. I know it's one of your favorite songs. You've said so. I, I like the song. I think it's, well, a, it's a good song, but I, I mean, I, th I, think th I think too many people are singing. I, I think people ought to stop singing it for a little while. What is the magic of Hallelujah? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, you're, one is always trying to write a, a good song, and like everything else, you put in your best effort, but you can't command the consequences, so... It took a long time. The, uh, the song was written. I, thought, I think the song came out in, in 83 or 84. And then the only person who seemed to recognize the song was Dylan. And he was, he was doing it in, in cause Nobody else recognized the song until quite a long time later, I think. When was Jeff Buckley's? In, the nine, in 92. In 92, so it's almost uh, 10 years later. Uh, I knew I knew his father very well, Jeff Buckley. I was in the room when when Katie Lang sang it at the uh, Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame. That that really that really touched me. Do the songs ever? Do they feel like possessions in the sense that is there ever a a, a version of somebody? working with your writing that, that you don't appreciate, or you sort of say? Very, very rarely does that happen. Uh, I, I'm not sure it has ever happened. Uh, you know, I, I had a very modest career 
for most of my life. And uh, I was always happy when someone did one of my songs. So that overrode most of the critical, cons critical concerns I might have had. In fact, you know, my critical faculties went into suspended animation when someone would do one of my songs and I, I generally was just delighted when anybody, and I still feel that way. And we'll all be dead and yet still alive, like Leonard Cohen. <laughs> Hello again. More tributes have been flowing in this morning. First singer-songwriter Leonard Cohen, who's died at the age of 82. Yeah, he's been described as a visionary and an inspiration for generations of artists. Ross King is in Los Angeles for him. Uh, Ross, I think we said in the openers that Hallelujah has been covered by over 100 different artists. It's an extraordinary legacy he's leaving, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely incredible. You think of that rumbling bass voice, you think of even odd moments when he appeared as a, a villain in an episode of Miami Vice. The man really did do absolutely everything. Reported on Facebook, he died of undisclosed causes. It is with profound sorrow we report that legendary poet, songwriter and artist Leonard Cohen has passed away. We have lost one of music's most revered and prolific visionaries. A memorial will take place in Los Angeles at a later date. The Canadian inspired so many people People from James Taylor to Bob Dylan. But as you mentioned there, Ben, he certainly leaves us with an absolute classic in the shape and the sound of Hallelujah. And it's not a cry that you hear at night. It's not somebody who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's 13 and way enough hallelujahs. And I'm sorry for all the death news this week. I promise that's the end of it. The irony wasn't lost on anyone that a man who lived for his music would be found dead at the foot of Beale Street where he'd performed before. 30-year-old Jeff Buckley disappeared last week after a friend saw him jump into the Mississippi fully clothed. Despite several searches by police, it was a tourist on the American Queen ready to set sail on a cruise for St. Louis who finally spotted Buckley's body. At the New Daisy, where Buckley once played, friends can't believe such a music talent is gone. Good evening and welcome. The President, Michael D. Higgins, has led tributes to the Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan, who has died suddenly in an hotel in London. He said she would be a big loss to Irish music. The Limerick-born singer was 46 years old. The Cranberries shot to stardom in the early 1990s with songs such as Linger and Zombie and went on to sell over 40 million albums worldwide.
songs we've had over the years that I thought, oh, that's going to be a big hit, and it wasn't. And then songs you don't think are going to kind of hit are massive. You know, it's, it's yeah. too unpredictable. I always kind of liked um, harder rock bands, but then perhaps I took the band too much in that direction. <laughs> because it was all, you know, let's do some metal. No, I was like, I, I always like the harder stuff, and I think that we went a bit too hard right, for a while then. Yeah, but, but, we but got it out of at the time, Zombie was the right thing. I definitely, yeah. you know. And you got all of that kind of anger and stuff. Yeah, uh, like if that was soft, wouldn't. it wouldn't have that impact, you know. It'd be like, it just, they wouldn't sit together, you know. Um, and just all the elements just seemed to kind of glue themselves together perfectly in that song. Up until that point, you know, we, a lot of the songs probably would have been softer, you know, stuff like Linger and, and you know, that were, had a sound. And then this was a, a new kind of direction for us when we first had it, yeah. you know, and it would stand out in the set because of that. And it kind of became a live favourite even before the album came out, you know, that second album. And then I don't think any of us had any idea it was going to be as big as it was. I certainly didn't. That I thought it was a great brilliant. song, powerful song. But, but it was you much know, bigger than any of us would have yeah. anticipated that. I'm still pretty clueless when it comes to that. You know, I really don't know what's, what sticks to the wall and what doesn't stick to the wall. I can never tell, you know. So maybe that's when you're an artist, when you're a writer. You, don't, you can't really judge your work. That's your, that you're just going to be, you know, that'll be your downfall, start to judge yourself, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, leave that to the dolls, you know. It's still getting played, like it's still, you know. I wouldn't say there's a month that goes by I don't hear that song on some radio station somewhere. Now to the other major headline around the world, the death of a music legend and his secret in the end. David Bowie had been quietly battling cancer. His final album released just days ago, and the message he left behind. ABC's David Wright tonight on Bowie's battle these last 18 months. Having styled himself like a pop star from another planet, today David Bowie went back to the mothership. Diagnosed with cancer 18 months ago, he'd kept it private. <laughs> I'm so sorry, that will be the last of the death notices. Here's 25 Fames, written by David Bowie, Carlos Alomar, and John Lennon. Some fames, here's some chains. The Queen of Soul, the woman whose powerful voice was singular and whose lyrics 
were the backdrop of so much history in this country. Aretha Franklin has died. We learned today Franklin died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 76, surrounded by family, who tonight say they have lost the matriarch, the rock of their family. Her songs left an indelible mark tonight in her own words, what respect meant. And in her 20s, singing A Natural Woman and what she acknowledged at the time about that song. Tonight, Aretha Franklin on her music, her message, and her fans across the country and the world now paying their respects. to change from Counting Crow's Murder of One. The music industry is mourning the death of cold chisel drummer Steve Prestwich. The 56-year-old died yesterday afternoon, less than two weeks after being diagnosed with a brain tumour. Prestwich wrote chisel hit songs, Best Kept Lies, Flame Trees and When the War Is Over. Jimmy Barnes saying goodbye. That's my chance to say goodbye too. You won't have to listen to any more pissing around till next week. Such a great line. And if you have any suggestions for part three of Triple Up, shoot me a message on Instagram, a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast. And please follow my new band on Instagram, Pretty Follies Band. We'll have some new music up real soon. You can check out the website, arockandrollrabbithole.com, for all the past episodes and Spotify playlists of all of the songs used in each episode. Feel free to rate and review the podcast, but I really don't care anymore. But if you have a friend that you think might enjoy it, please pass it on. That would be super appreciated. And I hope 2023 is a great year for you. And it has nothing to do with this week's topic, but I'm going to pop in another one of my band's songs, Shameless Plug, just to get some ears on it. And it's another demo from the album we're recording. Once again, our band is called Pretty Follies. This is our demo recording of a song called She Comes Undone, which should be on the record. I hope you dig it. Thanks again, guys. We'll see ya. Party. It's late afternoon 
Fuck was that?